Welcome back. So last week we had the first half of the 125 pound, the first ever 125 pound BKFC title happening at Knucklemania 2 on February 19th, Christine Faria. And now we are joined by the other half of that title fight and the 2021 BKFC Fighter of the Year, Britton Hart. Britton, how are you doing and how do you feel about this bout agreement finally being signed? I know, finally. I feel I feel really happy about it. It's kind of like the same thing. It reminds me of my first knuckle mania um, that I was at against Paige Van Sant. I really begged for that fight and asked for it, and they were like, no. And then finally it ended up happening. And, and you know, that was kind of my motivation factor going into knuckle mania is like I asked for this fight and I wanted this, so I, I have no choice but to win, you know, because I'm that confident about it. And the same thing with this knuckle mania too. It's actually kind of cool um that i'll be on that again the second one and it being a rematch against a fight that was back in 2019 so i feel like i'm way more um like better and fully equipped to face this and and get this redemption back um i do think that she has the most ex like experiences number of fights so really just to go out there and shut up everyone and prove everyone that i'm number one the best female and make history and be crowned the first female bkfc champ i mean uh i'm i'm super excited this is exactly what i wanted yeah yeah no this is uh and of course you said you know you gave credit to Christine and her her credentials and her like uh, record. So, I think like beating her makes you undisputedly unanimously seen as probably the the best fighter uh, in the division, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of I, I, it's crazy, but a lot of people give her a, a lot of respect and you know say that she's the most feared fighter in BKFC. So mm -hmm. it'll be really awesome to expose that and and be kind of. You know, like I said, the real she's always saying, finally, real competition coming in. And then I ended up smoking the real competition. So I guess I'm really the only competition in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Like you've you've sort of started making a business out of like, um, you know, shutting the doubters down in a way, because every time I don't know, you probably agree. Um, BKFC has tried to bring in uh, some big names from the UFC, you know, to to promote them. Um and have them be like the the poster people. It is their home, their homegrown talent that's you know, uh, beating those let's say hype trains <laughs> that, that that they're bringing out. Yeah, like, and yeah. it is, and it's kind of like how I started. Um, with the first Knucklemania saying that too, like I really believed, you know, me being that that fighter that I'm better and that BKFC's homegrown fighters are better than the anyone's that they do bring in. But it kind of, you know, as you see, it's like one of those things. Um, I keep shutting up the haters and doubters, like you say, but it, it still seems that more hate or doubt is created. So it's funny, you know, one win, maybe two wins can be lucky, but this is going to be my fifth about to be six win in a row. So I feel like, you know, I, I wish that people would just get on board with that. I'm the best and that, you know, mm. and stop doubting and hating on me. But I don't know. They say, you know, once you reach to the top, the, the bigger that target gets. So it's kind of like video games. If you don't have a lot of enemies, you're going the wrong way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's look, Christine agrees with that notion, too. Like she did tell me in the interview, like she's happy in the end that like she's somehow satisfied that it's the homegrown talent that's fighting for the belt in the end. So I do think she uh, she is all right with the fact she likes the fact that you beat like the the Paige Van Zandt and Bro Gonzalez and you know. 
Um, but what, like, why do you think, what, like, where is that doubt coming from? Like, there's still a lot of doubt in, in people's minds and, like, you know, about your ability. Um, like, where do you think that comes from? Like, what, where does that stem from? Is it the way I don't you know. act? I think it's it, a, like, what do you think? I think that's a really good question. And I've, like, I've really tried to, like, examine it myself. And I've, you know, I'm, I don't now, but, you know, back earlier, I used to lose a lot of sleep over, like, why am I not good enough for these people? Like, what else can I do? Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, I'm not, like, parade, you know, before it was, like, so bad, like, years and years ago to, like, be, um, you know, like, viewed as promiscuous or slutty. It was so bad to be viewed as that. So I, I stayed away from that. And it's like, that's, you know, still not good enough. I, I work hard. Um, you know, I've always worked. I provide. I'm independent. You know, I'm not riding off the coattails of other people or other teams. So it can't yeah. be that. And then it's just like, yeah. I don't, it, it's so weird. But the only thing I can think of is like that, you know, you don't want to say people are jealous or anything, but I feel like some people are like envious, like, how did she do this? You know, she only started boxing when she was 25. She didn't have an amateur career. I'm um, mm. kind of unorthodox. You know, you hear a lot of people say, oh, she's not the most skillful fighter. But it's like kind of like I just work on skill and technique every day. Like I never just go in. I actually am opposite. Like when people tell me to just hit the bag as hard or fast as I can, I'm like, but why? Because I can have any Joe Schmo off the street stand in front of me and tell me to hit this bag as hard as I can. Like, that's easy. It's the technique that comes into, like, um, you know, is your foot turning, your hips turning, or your hands turning? Are you bringing them back? Like, the technique is what I'm really, really been focused on all these years. And I feel like, you know, people see a huge improvement with each fight and it's kind of cool and different because I think a lot of fighters you kind of see like the same style of fight over and over like they're kind of one-dimensional as a fighter um which is unique and cool to them but you know you kind of know what you're getting into with me it's like you never you really never know so um mm. but it's better each time I think and um yeah I really think, just yeah. No, do you think it makes you more adaptive towards like uh, the game plan of the opponent? Like, so you're not really completely stuck in one one game plan or one way of fighting. That even if they start dictating the pace or they start dictating the game uh, plan or how it's being implemented, that you can react to that more. Yeah, you know what I'm trying no, to say? exactly. Like, I think yeah. that honestly, a lot of my um, like criticisms and a lot of the mean things people say have kind of been my saving like grace and glory. Like people used to say, oh, she's a gem hopper, blah, blah, blah. And it used to be a really mm -hmm. bad thing associated when I first started. But now it's like the total opposite because I've never burned bridge at any gym that I've been to. And you've seen me, I go to all the same ones over on a repeat, but it's like by doing that, it made me super diverse and adaptable to different styles. Cause you know, I was training, I trained out in Las Vegas for two months and their style of fights is way different than Florida and way different than up North, you know, it was up in Philly. Mm -hmm. I've been training in Virginia. Um, mm -hmm down in Pensacola with Roy Jones Jr. So it's just, you know, okay. I've been definitely with a bunch of different fight styles. And uh, again, 
because I was thrown to the wolves so early in my career, I feel like I really had a crash course on learning like how to adapt to things. Like, for example, I fought this one girl who was orthodox and I was doing really well against her. So in the third round, she switched to Southpaw and I was like, oh shit, I was not ready for that. But what a great lesson because now if someone was to ever switch stances on me or be in the Southpaw, it wouldn't, you know, bother me at all because again, that journey has just made me so adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we'll, we'll get back to the, well, of course. So, well, I was going to get back to that later. I guess the rule sets and it's a new sport. It's, it's different uh, techniques and all that. So, um, but first, before we do that, like, let's go to your early life. Like, why did you start fighting? Why, like, what really got you into doing this professionally? Like, where, why, why are you fighting? Right. Um, well, I was always heavy in the sports, um, but I never did combat sports. I really wish I did, but I never did. I, I played soccer and basketball and I did like some powder puff football um, and stuff like that. But I went to school. I was actually getting my master's in physical education and a concentration in sport management. Mm -hmm. And right when I finished my degree, um, it was literally just a crazy thing, but I went out and I, I never really party or go out because I'm in school working all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a single mom, but I ended up getting a DUI. And when I got the DUI, it really messed me up. Um, you know, I would go to all these job interviews. Like I'd have these people call me and be like, Oh, put your application in. Well, we need your application, but we're going to set you up with an interview. Like I already had the interview before I did the application, but then I would go in and they'd run my background report and when my back, Ground, check would come back it was just you know and I explained it but you know at the end of the day it's just so hard because the society we've built is so litigious and so like looked on on being negligent when they hire people that have like charges yeah. especially pending charges so really like I really feel and try to like fight for awareness and like people that are stuck in the system because once you get in the system it's almost virtually impossible to get out and your life is just really on a down spiral because of the fines you can't get a job and then you're just behind on everything it was like why a lot of people turn to like drugs and alcohol and and do live on the streets because once you get in the system it's it's ridiculous but i you know being the fighter that i am i, I really like fought really hard to get out of that and um it did seem impossible at times but mm -hmm. it, that's what led me to boxing because i tried to get a job i was so broke i didn't have any money it was um you know definitely one of the worst uh you know I had other personal problems that were associated with it and I kind of was like man my life is ending I have to escape somehow and I went to a boxing gym and um I literally went in there like man I need someone to just beat the shit out of me and they were like wow you're crazy is that why what, would you damn. say that <laughs> and I'm that like, what, like I need it I need you, it because I'm fucking up all over the place right now and just like self-loathing you know, it's like I need a slap in the face and you took it literal like <laughs> Yeah, I really did. Really? And it was yeah. like, I needed that, like, wake up, like, survivor kind of, like, that yeah. urge to fight back. Because I right. kind of was like, you know, I'm just okay discipline. with being, yeah, upset. So anyways, I was in there. I was only in the gym for four months. And I was just killing the other girls that were in there. And they were, it was kind of funny because they were like, 
are you lying to us? Like, they thought I was, like, lying to them and bluffing that I had boxed before because I was just, like, you know, I had tons of street fight experience and totally fought, you know, in my backyard all the time. But as far as putting gloves on, I I never did that. So, anyways, four months later, I had my first pro fight. I won second round knockout. It was awesome, and it was like I was hooked. It was it, and even when I I actually beat a shitload of legal charges, and even after beating them, I it didn't even matter. I didn't, you know, I was stuck in boxing, and you know that's really what I wanted to do. I got a really good job as a recruiter shortly after, but then I ended up quitting that because, you know working like eight to six and they were making like Saturdays mandatory and stuff. It just takes up a lot of your time. And I really knew that I could be great and be amazing at this. And I kind of looked at like the other professional fighters that were on top. And it was like, that was their life. You know, they, they train morning, afternoon, evening and Mm -hmm. dedicate their life to that. So I took that route too. And it was definitely a struggle, but it it, it, like, as far as just a year ago, it, finally all came full circle but then of course the road to that is like if you're going to start dedicating your life to the sport uh the the money will suffer like financially you're probably going to suffer like you just took the gamble like weren't you worried like what were your worries and concerns or did you just go in head first knowing you would make it well it was definitely a roller coaster when i first went in i went in thinking i would make it i had Um, like I said, I did really good before I got into a bunch of trouble and personal issues, but I actually bought my house when I was 22. Um, so I owned my house. Well, I mean, I'm paying mortgage on it and whatever, but Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't renting. So I had my house and, um, so that was, you know, taken care of. And then when I was boxing, I was kind of just like, you know, this is, I'm going to make it, it's going to be easy. And then it like. Uh, you know, the manager I had and coach was really terrible. Um, and the fact that it got really ugly as far as like women, male, female relationship that was kind of like abusing their power hierarchy wise. Mm. And so because of that, that caused a whole array of issues. Um, and then I had a really uh, toxic, abusive ex-husband who like ended up being like really you know, he got arrested for felony assault and strangulation. So there was that whole issue of going through that. And then after that, it kind of, like I said, just way more stuff happened and, um, trying to dig myself out of that. I ended up spending like a lot of money as far as like getting credit cards and opening them up and, you know, just, the worst mm, like, of the worst. That, and yeah. then because mm-hmm. of that, I actually moved out of my house because I was like, I don't know what to do. So I rented out my house. So it paid for my mortgage. And I ended up choosing just to sleep out of my car for like a couple of years. So I could still go to the gym and still, you know, do boxing. But I didn't lose my house because it kind of had someone else renting it out. And it also came and gave me, it kind of gave me money too to like, you know, a little bit of money as far as for gas. And then I ended up like working as a waitress and bartender and basically getting just enough money to make my gas and pay my medicals. And mm. so I did that for a, for a while too. And, you know, like I said, I took some huge risk, you know, yeah. by going out to like staying in Florida, I moved to Florida for a year. Then I went out to Vegas for a couple months and then I stayed in Philly for four months. 
Um, really, like going where all the gyms are, and and you had yeah. a a daughter, right, at this time. Yep, yep, and that was part that of like the crazy. whole tragic mess because they like they lived with me, and I took you know I was their sole provider until my son was six and my and my daughter was three. Oh, okay, and, I thought I thought um, you had one child. You have two. Yep, nope, I have okay. two. But when that, when my um, ex-husband ended up like pushing me down the stairs and like stomping on my face and beat me up pretty bad, yeah, my kids were there. So because my kids were there, it actually, um, you know, people were really uh, not helpful as far as like knowing that I was going through a really traumatic hard time and they kind of just came in and, you know, I got, I lost custody of my kids because that whole incident happened in front of them but you know I ended up getting custody of my daughter back but my son was a different story so they didn't you know I ended up getting a protective order against my ex-husband we got divorced mm. but even in that circumstances because I was still boxing and fighting they kind of really believed that I was putting domestic violence in front of them that so sucks. Yeah, that, me and my yeah. daughter was perfect we so that's why a lot of people would assume that you know, I just probably have a daughter because I never really lost custody of her and she was with me all the mm -hmm. time. But my son and and it, I feel like, you know, it really comes down to money because they had a lawyer that just did a bunch right. of shit. And I mean, a lot like it was awful. Like it was just way too a lot more than I really care to, like, talk about openly right now. But it was like probably yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy because it was really really traumatic what they did to me and you know I tried like you know go to counseling you know I went to domestic violence counseling I went to parent counseling I went to all I went to you know I had to go to a rehab so I went to rehab and then even going through all those steps and never missing and going into court, you know, they still were like, you know, basically that's the worst thing you can hear in the world to someone who loves their kids. You know, I coached my son imagine. for eight seasons in soccer and swim team and hockey. Like I was that mom and then to have them take them away was like, you know, really put me, it kind of did the opposite after trying for so long. And it made me like, it was kind of like one of those things, like I said, when she get in the system, you never get out. It's like, fine. I'm just, it's, if this uh, yeah. isn't gonna help i'm gonna be a piece of shit because i mean i was really like yeah so i you know i was turned to alcohol really bad and ended up getting you mm -hmm. know going back on that route and um i really honestly to be honest i was really just trying to stay alive until he was 18 and whatever way i could whether it was being distracted by boxing or drinking or whatever it was to stay until he was 18 i could get that piece of me back because i love my daughter more than anything she's my best friend but you know my son was definitely you know i mean my kids are my world and a lot of people don't realize and see that but not being with them is really hard but if i think and reflect on it it makes me go on a downward spiral instead of being up and looking at the bigger picture for like when they graduate high school when they're adults and when they have their own yeah. kids i'm still gonna be there for them i love the um, we get to see this side i mean i think uh it, it'll it'll help get because this is a very relatable story like to to a lot of people whether it's this intense it, it differs per person right the uh right. the, but everyone has those struggles and those moments and you always get to this like crossroads where like uh i don't know if i'm gonna be able to push through this one barrier to make it to my goals and i might be stuck in this life in this life forever you know like your previous life and i like the this shows like just how much hard work you do put in 
And I, I like the fact that it sort of reflects in, in the resurgence in your career, sort of like what you found in, in BKFC, I think. Because I feel like through grit and through um, mental strength um, is what really has gotten you these wins that people didn't expect you to get, right? Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's kind of funny because I think about it because I know she's kind of like coined her camp, like her ratchet training camp or what, whatever, you know, she really wants to focus on me being ratchet. And I'm like, she does like a, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, it's just being something that I've really learned is like taking things and, and putting a positive spin on it. And it's like, you know, I told you, you know, I actually graduated with a 4.0 for my master's. So it's like, yeah. well, that didn't really make me. And I don't know, playing, yeah. you know, playing soccer and being, having tons of friends that didn't make me, you know, having a good, you know, family system that didn't make me, it was, it was being rock bottom and, living out of my mm. car and struggling and all those nights, like losing sleep and thinking, how am I going to fight back? And, you know, it was those nights being the lowest of the low and like rock bottom that those mm. really made me and define me to where now is like, nothing really scares me. Like, that's what I said. Like I'm used to being, you know, like beat, like I've had somebody jump me and beat me up in my car and pull me out of my truck and drive off with my vehicle before like you think that I'm worried about going into a ring with a ref that is there to save you and protect you like, mm. like that shit doesn't bother me at all I when I've been in situations in the middle of the night you know my stuff has been thrown outside living you know house to house and being in trap houses and you know like I said I mean it is it was a very I guess terrible way of living but it was like one of those things I really had no choices at the time. I didn't have anybody, you know, my family was, thank God we've kind of fixed it now and everything is getting a little bit better. But back then me, you know, I, I didn't have a family um, that really helped me or supported me. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, really, really negative. And, you know, we, it was it, part of me too. You know, I, I felt like that they, a lot of people backstabbed me. So I literally just kind of didn't want help from people anymore because if I, you know, they would turn that against me in the end. But, um, you know, now right. it is that confidence of it. And, and man, like life is so great right now. Like I genuinely mean that, like thinking about living out of attics and out of my car and now I'm in a apartment in Miami. I'm around people that I love. I finally have yeah. a really conditional, unconditional loving family. And I, you know, I get to see my son, you know, I spent a whole week with my son for Christmas so things are really picking up now. So I'm nothing but confident and happy. And again, it's kind of like even the, winning this title going forward is like the ultimate, I feel like just ending to a, such a good story and the fight back journey on, yeah. on, you know, making it up the ladder. Yeah, I'm sorry. So part of this new Britain heart, Beltran now, is meeting meeting Joey. Right, UFC veteran, uh, went into bare knuckle fighting as well, um, and you credit you give a lot of credit to your marriage, right? To uh, in terms of that, that's a big pivotal thing that changed your uh, your life as well, right? Uh, in what ways, like you were, so first you had you hadn't met him yet, right? Around the page fight, because I consider like the page fight is the one that got you on the radar. Sorry, I think I might have lost your audio, you. Look, can you hear me? Oh, I got you. Right, I got you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but so you got the the page fight, and that's how you got on my radar. That's how you got on everybody's radar in the end. 
Um, so what was what stage were you in in life then, and when did you meet Joey? Like, how mm-hmm. how did that progression go? So I got on his radar in December. Uh, there was a BKFC fight, and I was actually really upset because I heard like Sheena Star was talking shit about me, and um, I think it was like Jenny Savage too, who were like they wanted the page fight. So I'm like you know again one of those girls i'm not gonna call you a keyboard warrior i was like i'm gonna show up at your front porch and be like what the hell's going on so anyways i made this announcement i'm going in this fight and if they try to take that fight i was gonna you know be very vocal about it so i warned everybody but i made sure that i went down there so i went down there by myself and then joey i guess because where he was the heavyweight champ he had like um make an appearance or something so he went down there by himself so they actually ended up making our assigned chairs were you going to is together. that like you were going to attack like you're gonna go yell at the president at, at mr david feldman and everyone or that's what yeah was? i was if right, they yeah. said something if they said something off the wall but they never did because i mean i made it very like i made it mm-hmm. very vocal and public that why i was going to the fight was to make sure that nobody um said anything stupid about me or about the fight with Paige because I would have made it, you know, and, and they didn't. So they fought <laughs> and everything was cool. So, you know, I didn't have to do anything, but that's definitely why I was there. Mm-hmm. Just trying to compete and fight for that Paige spot, which just kind of sounds silly now that you think no, about but- it. But at the time it was like, she was the first sign there. And I really feel like it was, and I'm glad because I feel like, if she would have got pay, I mean, if she would have got Jenny Savage or Sheena Starr, she would have beat them. And then, you know, hmm. it would have been maybe more of like a, you know, an up. So I feel like me fighting her first and. Because then uh, you would have, yeah, you'd have a longer her. path. Yeah, I feel like. No, but, you know, really this is crucial. the industry. Like, this is the thing you learn that you don't, you're never taught. Like, those are the things that, that sell. Like, you have to call for your shots. Uh, that's a great opportunity. This is like a business. It's a business decision to to even if you want to call that act ratchet towards like to get that thing to get that fight yeah um it's a business decision like i like you wouldn't be where you are in a way like at least haven't been you wouldn't have gotten there this fast if you didn't do what you did that day right yeah and, and I would you have met joey me. then i was like nah I was like, I'm not worried about it. And I actually had someone give me a pep talk. They were like, no, you go and demand that shit. That's your fight. You earned it. And I was like, oh, yeah. So that's Get what I did. So, But it did yeah. because a lot of people said, you know, like I made this video and they're like, if you didn't make that video, you probably would have not gotten it either. So it all worked out pretty perfect. But Joey was a really good friend. We had a we bonded big time at that fight. Um, we were just like we had known each other our whole lives. We were making jokes and and like fake commentating the fights, oh. and we were just really in our own world um, there. So that was really cool. And then he helped hook me up with like Royal Kratom as a sponsor. So that was like super awesome of him. And um, yeah, I didn't so know we you knew were, each other. In- yeah. Yeah, we we stayed in good touch that way as far as like friends and business wise. It was really cool. Like he helped me and was like kind of the middleman um, getting that sponsorship out. So super happy and blessed for that. And then 
I seen that he moved to, uh, I was out in California. So he was in San Diego, which is like three hours. So he drove to kind of come to the gym I was at and we did a few workout sessions together. So it was really cool. Like we already like really were familiar with each other. And, um, and then in the page fight, it was funny because he came into the locker room and we had like a little moment in there. And then at the end of it, you know, it was just so crazy. But I, I think he come try to like see me after the page fight but i was just like definitely like you know Hi, i'm feeling i was crazy that night you were so, being a feeling yeah yeah i don't really remember too much of it but i know i was like an emotional well, i kind of feel like i know sure. uh, what kind of state of mind you were in like i know that feeling of when you were in the in the ring and like this such an outburst of emotion and like probably you're you know like you have a big say now in the company after that win and all the media wants to interview you you know you you just like because the page thing was a huge deal like no everybody was like nobody ever had like the, the 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 women at least in bkfc didn't have much attention when it started and they're like wait page is gonna do burnt knuckle okay everybody tuned in and then they're like she lost okay she lost <laughs> like you know and fair and square i mean like i had you winning too yeah so but that's like it's a huge moment like it's it just catapults you from it's kind of like a regional kind of level fighter right in terms of notoriety or like uh, name recognition to like oh everybody at least the people that don't watch the sport will still see you as the one that's the one that beat fate page Vincent, right so they'll they'll recognize you right so yeah it's a life-changing yeah. moment you know yeah and that's cool too i like it and it's kind of like i said it's a it was like i felt like a real good start like a true start on being somebody um and really being like a, what they would call like a household name. So instead of being like just the feeling or just the girl that beat Paige Van Sant, it was like the first real step of, okay, mm -hmm. now this is Britain. We know that girl and we know what she's capable of. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not like you're not that person. It's like the, it's the first, it's like you're born now. You're reborn again. This right. was your rebirth. Yeah. Yep. And now no, it's up absolutely. to you to carry it, you know, and you've been carrying it. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that, especially going in. Yeah, just mm -hmm. the fights after it, too. I feel like they've all been really good fights, too. Like, super, you know, um, so, sometimes there's some fights that you see that are kind of like, uh, they're, I don't want to say boring, but kind of lackluster. And I feel yeah, like those, all my fights have been pretty epic. Mm -hmm. They're action-packed, for sure. Yeah. For and this sure. is back and forth, and, you know, yeah. Like the the pro fight, your most recent fight was uh, really back and forth. Like I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting. And then so you you connected. Sorry, I keep, I, I keep it's my fault. I keep moving away from the whole like Joey thing. Um, yeah. And then yeah. you got so you no, got so married. Me and Joey, yeah. we we met. Um, yeah. So we were already good. And then um, I guess he moved to Miami, and I was like really in the process of moving to California. And so I was like, well, dang, now you're on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast where it was flipped before. So he said, well, why don't you come in? You know, because I was already going to the fight in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And he was like, why don't you come and check out Miami for like a week or two? I was like, OK, you know, that sounds good. I don't you know, whatever. Miami up. is really nice. Why not? But he got me a one way <laughs> ticket and I was kind of <laughs> like, hmm, I don't I, I don't really I can get my own ticket back. That was cool. 
And then we came down here and we really like, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And I said, yes. And we were like, literally, um, hand in hand. And, you know, since that day, I guess it was March 17th. So St. Patrick's day kind of cool. But since March 17th, we've literally been like under the same roof every single day. Like maybe the longest we've been away from each other is like three or four hours. And it's only happened like once or twice. So we've really been killing it. We, and mm. it's like, even my coach said that, you know, I call him, I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know, Shane, change of plans and he's like hey you're in love and if you've spent a month with that guy and he's not and he can take your talking then he's you know that's it that's that's your keeper so I thought that was pretty funny because you know me and Joey are really like um I know a lot of people think you know whatever but it's really a match made in heaven like everything that we are complements each other um our interests are perfect our differences are perfect and it's just, I mean, really, I tell everyone he is my missing piece and I do contribute him to a lot of my continued success because as I was telling you before, like my escape from reality was when I was fighting, like I a crazy story. Like mm -hmm. um, when I told you, I got actually like literally jumped and my car stolen from me. I had stitches in my mouth and a broken nose. And I contacted these people in Texas for a fight. And um, my coaches at the time were like, no, that's a bad idea. Like you still, like you have stitches in your mouth, you need to heal. And I was like, look, if I don't take this fight, I'm gonna do something really, really bad and idiotic because of how like upset and depressed I am from this. And I, I just need to take something off my mind from what just happened to me. Mm. And they're like, okay. And they supported me on it. But I was like getting into that route, like where I would fight just to like, make myself because you know if I don't have a fight I would drink and smoke and not care because it was like why did it matter but when I had fight I was like no if I drink something I'm gonna lose if I smoke I'm gonna lose if I'm not yes. healthy oh. I'm gonna lose so that fear yeah. of losing would always make me like cut out all the bad and toxic things but if I didn't have a fight it was like kind of what's the point so now with Joey it was like now that I'm not fighting I have like this other, you know, when we talk about it a lot as fighters, you need to have like a backup plan because like sometimes you find fighters, it's really hard for them to quit because, you know, at the end of the day, like that's what they know, like their identity is being a fighter. And like even after the page fight, I was actually super sad and really depressed after the page fight, um, mm. which just hasn't been the case now. Like after the Jenny Savage fight, I was great. After think? the Pearl Gonzalez fight, I'm great. But after the page fight, I was definitely down in the dumps for for a couple of weeks until I went out. I actually made myself go out to Puerto Rico to kind of be like reinvent myself and get over that shit. But, mm. you know, with Joey, it's like he is my backup plan. Like he is my after fighting plan because, you know, mm. when we're not fighting, we have each other, which is something I've never had. And he's really big on, you know, he is sober and doesn't drink. So it really makes mm -hmm. it just perfect for me. So I haven't drank in this past year at all. And not even because I haven't been in fight camp, but just because being around Joey, I remember how bad it was for me. And I'm mm -hmm. like, man, if I drink around someone who's trying to cut alcohol out of their life, like I'm really not helping in their journey and their process of healing but hurting them so I actually yeah. like he never asked me to quit drinking or anything I just did it on my own but it ended up being like 
something so beneficial um, and, and almost mind boggling that I'm like, man, I can't believe I've done it, but he really is that why and that source of wanting to be better all on your own without it being like conditional or just a short term. So it's like it takes away a lot of the distractions that are outside of fighting that can distract you from fighting. And it allows you to just focus on that at hand. And you know that like what comes after it's 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 like it's it's all good. You know, like you got that. Yeah. You don't have to worry about slipping up. You don't have to worry about getting depressed and like, yeah, that's awesome. That's mental. Like the, so the sport, all sport is like 80% mental. People say, say 75%, 80% mental. So if you got that one in check, I mean, it makes sense that you you can you can put all your energy into the the physical side and the the skill side and the preparation of that. Awesome. No. Exactly. Good. It's it reminds me a bit of like what you said about the like feeling depressed after the down after the page fight. It's like I don't know if you're mm -hmm. um too big on like Tyson Fury and you know like he he said that because he had but but he has like a lot of uh, mental um mental health uh, issues going on he's outspoken about it uh he has major major severe depression and his whole life he had worked towards um getting you know becoming the world heavyweight champion in boxing like i don't know if you're aware of the story um yep. so once he got that by beating klitschko um he instantly got a depression because he's like i'm so young and i won the world title and this is everything i've worked for my whole life this is everything i have and now i've reached the goal and now i have no more goals you know yeah i don't know if it was something like you know you're like not that that was your end goal, but it was the biggest moment of your career at the, to, to that point. So right. I don't know if that's what played a role. It just reminds me of them. Yeah, well, it kind of was like, you know, it was like, I really felt like I finally, I never really felt like I belonged and um, something like things were missing and I never really felt like I had anybody there for me. And when I was in California, it was the first time I really felt like, you know, like I belonged and that this was what I needed to do. And um, I felt really safe there. And that's something I've never, like, ever experienced. So then after when the fight was, but, you know, of course, I told you I have two kids and they live in Virginia. So being in California was super hard being away from them. So I chose to go back to Virginia to see them for um, and then I was staying over there and to, to be closer, you know, so I chose my kids, but it was just one of those things. Like I felt so sad, like being there, even though I was with my kids, it's just like a horrible feeling to kind of describe it. It almost like makes you want to cry when it's like your kids are everything. But when you're right there, like, you know, just finding the joy in life is kind of hard. Cause you feel like, I just don't feel like I'm safe or you know, I'm hmm. protecting them, but who at the end of the day is protecting me, you know? Right. And so it was kind of like that sad. And, and then it was training for this fight. And like you said, it's like, now what? And Joey has shared that with me as well. Like his goals, he has an amazing story, fight story too. And like his goals were like, get to the UFC. And he did it like within three years or something crazy like that. Mm. And then when he got to the UFC, he was like, Oh, I made my goal. I, I did it. Now what? And I think he feels like he kind of squandered his UFC experience because, mm. you know, that's what happens. We set these goals and we had to achieve them. And then we're like, you know, it's like, there's so, so many and people realize the fear of failure, but they don't understand the fear of success and the fear of success is a real thing too. Yeah, and um, 
yeah. you know, but for me, you know, that's kind of how it was then. And that again, now that Joey is with me, like he is my safe, like, so I feel safe with him no matter what, like I could be in Virginia, hanging out with my kids, doing, being the best mom I can be. Like we took them to Disneyland and Disney world and we've gone on major vacations and great things together and ska ice skating. And it's the quality is so much better because it's not like the fighting, the sad feelings or demons inside, mm. because I feel so safe with Joey. It doesn't, doesn't matter where we are. So well, and in this case, um, like, yeah. Yeah, like, and even with the goals, like with the title, like I just really want to win the title. Like, really, I want it to be a perfect, perfect scenario with my fight world and like fighting and like making it worth it for everybody. Like, not only me, but but my kids, so they know the years I spent away and sacrifice was was for something. You know, to be a world champ is pretty pretty significant and then same thing yes. with joey you know he won a title and he you know defended it twice so he's like three-time world heavyweight champion like i want to show that i can be just as good as you know as he is and and make him proud and it really is kind of like that's my motivation factor instead of being like an escape from reality it's like all right this is you know, my reality is great now, but now I need something to make everything worth it. Like something tangible that you can hold and see that makes my whole 32 years of existence worth it so far. Yeah, it's like the the crowning. Would this be like the crown jewel of your your career? Oh, for sure. I'm not, I've always said that, like even when for my first pro boxing bout to like, wow, this is like my 16th. I think 17th professional fight. I've always said that I just want a belt. I just mm. want one belt. I don't care. Uh, I just want one belt and it will just mean so much to me. And, you know, I've, I fought for a belt crazy enough twice, twice now. And, um, you know, so this will be my third time. So it's like third time's the charm, you know, Yeah, I was going to say that's the one. <laughs> Let's see if that works. Uh, I love this because now I'm like, but yo, you and your opponent and Christine are like now sort of fighting for that crown jewel. Like for her, it's the same kind of thing from the interview that will drop uh, this week as well. Next week, sorry. Um, so Well, that's why it, I it, it bothered because I think I heard her say that in an interview. You know, she was like, you're a chump. You know, she was a champ in her amateur career and mm -hmm. she has won the belt before in her professional career. So it's to me, it's like, you know, I feel like it's the missing piece and component for people respecting me. If like, that's what it takes for someone to respect mm. you to win a title once in your life. I mean, shit, if that's all I have to do to get respect, we'll hope that works, you know? Unfortunately, uh, I feel like even if there's a lot of champions, that will still get disrespected. I don't think it comes from like, it's nothing like, uh, how do you say? Like, it doesn't make sense sometimes. Like, the reason people hate people or disrespect people or don't give them the respect is, like, as I said, like, it might be something ingrained, like, jealousy or they just uh, are just hating on other people's success. So, also, I wouldn't be too surprised if it gets even worse after you won the belt, you know? But then you right. know it's, like, just... But then at least for yourself, you have that, like, tangible thing, as you said, and the proof that to yourself that I am the best. Like, no matter what these people say, I proved it and I got it, you know? Yeah. Right. It's just weird how people like online haters work. <laughs> I know. Anyway. It's like, geez, it's it's so fun. It's all it's gotten. Like I said, it's it's definitely been a process dealing 
um, dealing with it. But now it's almost kind of comical because it's like, no matter what, like you could say, like to some people, the sky is red and they would just run with it, you know, even though you're, you know, yep. you're looking at a blue sky, but it is what it is. Like I said, the the day, as long as I have the things that are exist. important. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you like, does it get to you? Does it like, how does it, how do you, you know, deal with that now? Like the, the online, the trolls and the haters. Do you like, uh, you know, I guess I would be somewhat lying if I said it didn't bother me, but it bothers me less and less. Um, you know, it just gets kind of old. Sometimes you can argue with people and, you know, I, I'm like one of those like bleeding hearts, I guess you could say, like, I'm always trying to like change people's perspective for the better. And then it's like, you know, so I try to, ple but then it's like, I guess you just don't need to give any explanation, but sometimes it helps. And sometimes it's just like a waste of breath. So, uh, you know, I pick and choose my battles, I guess you could say, but you know, it does definitely hurt my feelings to have people say that I suck or that I'm not good or I'm going to get mm. smashed. And I'm just like, I hope no I have people have realized that I've never gotten knocked down in my fighting career. And I've always had really great true, fights. Actually. You know, like yeah. I'm sure that the I'm Christine fight was tough, a doctor so stoppage too. It was a cut that was like the doctor stopped. It wasn't a, wasn't a knockout or a knockdown. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm as tough as they come. So it's like, damn. And then when it comes to skills, you know, it really hurts my feelings when people say, oh, you know, she's she's mediocre in skill. And I'm like, again, I don't know. Mediocre fighters win five in a row, but I'm just a little bit different. But different isn't like bad. It just I don't know. I think I just have no, an awkward, like, an awkward style. It's like if you're looking at technically uh if you're looking at like boxing wise like boxing has its techniques but also at the same time like people find their own styles i don't think you should teach kids because i box as well and you shouldn't teach kids necessarily if they find their own like little swagger or their own way of of standing and it makes them more comfortable let them hone their craft there and let them get their licks like let them get hit and learn how to deal with it in that style if you limit them too much to a certain style like that's when you maybe won't get the most potential out of them like there's a lot of unorthodox people um I think bare knuckle. I wanted to get your opinion on this too, because um, you brought it up. Um, so in boxing, um, you've had a rough road in the beginning, and then once you got to bare knuckle, um, even for me, it's like I can't compare the two anymore because Pauli Malinaji lost to Artem Lobov. This never in boxing. There's not a single place on hell that's gonna happen. There's no way in hell that's gonna happen. It's just a different sport. It's scored differently. There's different techniques. So if you find your niche here, uh. I think people look too much at, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a culprit too. Like I look too much at it for coming from boxing, and as like, in terms of boxing technique, but it's not. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how is it that suddenly you are uh, on this like four and zero run, right? And including like you even have a boxing win sprinkled in there. It's like five and zero in, in all your fights, right? Yep. How is it that all of a sudden you made a shift and now you're winning, like in this new sport? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it was really just, like I said, a lot of my fights, if you look at Boxstrike, who I fought, like I fought like world champions. I fought you really fought hard. You fought Jamie people. Mitchell. The Miracle yeah, is now I world champion boxing. You know, that was a draw, but I feel like- Was I it a draw? Her. I feel like- What? Is it a draw? 
yeah, it was a, it was ruled a draw, okay. but it was it was a six round a six round draw at that, which is just like almost unheard of. Jeez. But I really yeah. feel like I beat her. It was just in her hometown. I haven't so. watched that. I'll, I'll, I'll go watch that fight because I only yeah, like because Jamie Mitchell just beat Shannon Courtney for the world title, and Shannon Courtney is class, you know. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh that's a I think that's still a feather in your cap though boxing wise. Yeah. Although, sure. of, of course, you and can feel bad about it if it's like if you did think you win, you won, then. Oh, I know yeah. I won. One, I know I won. And second off, I took that fight on a four day notice and was like not in shape for that fight at all. So not in shape and I won, but they ruled it as a draw. So I just feel like I'm mountains. Like if I was in shape and had a four week fight camp, I would have destroyed her. So, but whatever. I guess that's, again, that goes back into those lessons that I've learned about staying fight ready instead of, you know, like I said, I wasn't doing like having the best habits then I had to be in a fight camp to be like devoted to it. Other than that, I would like, you know, I still was going to the gym every day, but you know, I was, when I got home from the gym, I still was not being like super healthy, I guess you could say, but yeah, no boxing. I don't know. I feel like, um, I went to uh, Philly was where I was at and I was there for four months and I really felt like I was like really advanced there and really like figured out like the switch in my head on the difference of making it by to winning. And then it was like, I won this big fight against Kim Wabek, which was two weight classes above me and also a rematch. But um, the purse was only like $1,200. So that's not a lot of money when you're like giving up four months of your life to train for it. Cause yeah. it was some other bullshit. Cause I was actually supposed to fight in June and then because of COVID it got pushed to July and then it got canceled and then I didn't fight until the end of August. So that's what prolonged that. But when I got the $1,200, I had to give all of it, like every penny to my coach and their family for staying up there in Philly okay. for that long. So then I had like, really no money and plus all my bills are coming out and I was like this just isn't cutting it so I went back home to Virginia because that's where I end up always going because I'm like dude if I'm going to be miserable I might as well be miserable next to my kids so I went back to Virginia and was like forget fighting I actually kind of quit and was like I just can't do this anymore with like COVID and I'm, I'm just tired of sleeping out of my car. I'm tired of all this. And I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I started working as a bartender again and like working mad shifts like doubles. And I fixed my money issue. And I, and then that's when BKFC gave me like a two weeks notice for a fight against Randine. And I was like, shit, I had just got crazy enough. Another DUI. And so I really needed the money to pay off that whole lawyer fee and so i was like shit i'll just take the fight for the money because i need a quick cash grab and that was like when i went into the randine fight it was so crazy because like you know like i said it was i definitely was not healthy at all at that time i was doing like really bad beautiful that was that was a beautiful finish (laughs) that was a beautiful finish yeah i was trained and you know what but that's what i tell everyone like i was like man i was so unhealthy and working a lot and going to the gym maybe two three days a week and i had that randine fight and it's one of the best fights i think skillfully and i think it's because my i think like what we say like the enemy inside us 
inside us is like the biggest one because i feel like i was just kind of like fuck it at that time i was like dude yeah. i just need the money yeah. i don't fucking care and you i went you in probably didn't even care like, if you so lost much... like i don't know yeah i didn't i really didn't care i was just like mm -hmm. man i'm just doing this because i need the money and when i went in i was like oh wow i'm like I could do that. I still got, I got it more than ever. Like it just clicked with me. And I was like, what was I thinking? It was like a huge wake up call. Like it's kind of funny how the universe works, you know, like it's like fishing, it bites and then it lets go. And then you're like, fuck this. I don't want to fit. I've been out here for three hours and haven't caught a damn thing. And then you get one little nibble and it makes it start all over again. So it was, it's always been like super exciting and passionate that way. Cause I'll be like, I'm done with this. And then that little, you know, I was like, wow, why would I, I'm really, I'm the best. I'm the best at this. And then that's when I got the page fight. And then since then, now you guys have seen like the true, true transformation and evolution of like, like you said, from being just the girl um, to now I'm like a true fighter household name type of thing. Um, because ever since that fight, you know, I've trained in Puerto Rico. I trained with the best. Joey's an amazing legend in the sport. I've trained with some really great people at Boxar. I've been over in California and Ventura. I'm like with the best people. And I feel like I've just really figured it out. And I train literally every day. It's not like just in fight camp. And I don't drink. Mm -hmm. I don't smoke. Um, I'm doing really good. You are. You're killing it. And um, I got a lot of respect for you. And after this interview, I got even more respect for you. Because uh, like a lot of the stuff I don't know, and I think a lot of the viewers don't know. So that's why I, what I like about this interview. <laughs> it's like you really get to know the, the everything that goes in, in, in the background, the mental shifts and all of that. But so did you, before we go into fan questions, the next fan questions, and then we can I can let you go. Um, one thing that caught the attention, your attention before the page fight was the page, the the weigh-in or the fa the face-off at least, ceremonial weigh-in. What were you always like? You you had this reaction like you 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 and then she grabbed you by the neck and then you had this whole scuffle that went viral. Like those are all parts of selling a fight. That I don't know if it was like a reaction or it was planned. No, it was definitely not planned. Um, I mean, they did say because like since then, like, like since know, then, you've been very vocal. You've been uh, those people click like you, you get clicks from the way you just speak your mind and 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 attack other fighters for the things they said about you, like just publicly and like, yeah. Oh, well, that makes me feel good because I'm sometimes I'm like I'm like dang I hate like again I hate when people think that I'm like disrespectful or you know even I guess. You know, I, I hate that because I don't want to be that. But it's like you guys don't understand, like what you're missing is that I'm not being disrespectful. I'm being disrespected. And so I'm retaliating in that form. But like with the page, like so with like the, the weigh ins, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like I did like a very normal thing. Like when people weigh in, a lot of times you see people, they like even rest their foreheads or get nose yeah. to nose like. I have people do that. So that was my way yeah. of just being like, I'm not intimidated by you. And I didn't think it was going to be a big issue, but I did, I guess, walk up pretty fast on her. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm totally innocent in it, but I don't feel like I put my hands on her or like disrespected her. I, I feel like I did a kind of a normal thing in that realm. But when I did walk up on her, she put her hands around my throat. And for me, that was just like, again, I told you about like, you know, my past, like my yeah. um, ex-husband literally went to jail for strangulation. So oh, like, that's got, just yes. one thing you don't, I don't want to do in a heated moment. Like it's like, I, I very much like have PTSD. And so when mm. she did that that's when you saw like that like that reaction was just like literally wasn't being ratchet or ghetto or whatever it was like a lot of emotions come back and fill me up when I think about things yeah. like that and I kind of took it as that and she was like her reaction was weird too because she was like she kind of got scared I feel like I, I feel like she wasn't expecting me to get that that like whoa because it was like she knew it was very real serious thing it wasn't a no haha i was pissed and um and she was like time. don't you touch me and i'm like but you touched me first then you know whatever i said i, I said that but i was got in the way of her too. like that attitude also got in her way in the fight i think of like i think she just thought she was gonna just breeze through and like that uh bkfc uh maybe that was her intention gave her a layup Like, uh, you were set up to lose that one, to promote Paige. In the end, they ended up creating a poster girl for their own promotion, like a homegrown. And that's what I loved about this whole story, you know? And now you're fighting right. for the title. Yeah. All right. Well, that was amazing. And we are going to go into some of the fan questions. And I picked one who always sends a question. And sorry, I forgot to mention his name last time because I, for I forgot to write down one of the names then. The fake Marlon Vera always uh you know contributes um can you give one compliment to each of Paige, jenny and pearl and christine bs you're a total badass wait you want me to give a compliment to he, those he, four fighters he wants a comp one compliment each to <laughs> Paige, jenny oh. pearl and christine all right well Paige is my favorite i think that um i think i liked her post fight interview i think what she said about me was really nice and um you know i think that that was a respectful way to go out and for her to say you know that i did good and that she they asked someone asked her about a rematch with me and she was like you know i don't think i've earned it yet so i think that's really cool okay and yeah. i like that she went to a boxing gym um i hate that she oh yeah yeah so that that's good right that's good enough yeah um <laughs> Jenny. Jenny Jenny's Savage. our homie too like you gotta you know <laughs> I know I'm like fuck I hate that girl um uh, um good job on her last win it was nice I guess good she she won her last fight congrats that was beautiful boxing there gotta admit <laughs> it was it was it was an okay it wasn't the most exciting fight but she got the win so uh. Coming back from a loss, I guess that's a pretty good thing to do. So okay, there we go. for not giving up. Um, I know this is so, hard for you right now. I know this. I is know, hard. like, why can't like? And people say it's so funny because it's like, oh, it makes me seem like a disrespectful fighter. But you're literally telling me to give compliments to people who straight up have personally dissed me. And I mean, like, I like Jade and I love Rachel. I can give them compliments. I can give Audra and Crystal Pittman. I can give them oh, mad Rachel, compliments. Rachel had, that was beautiful boxing against Paige. That was insane. Yeah. 
She's I so was, cool. Yeah. I liked her a lot. It was kind of funny because I thought you would lose. I thought you would lose at first. I'm like, this wasn't even close to me. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. Think no, Paige thought, I thought she won. I don't. I don't understand that. No. Yeah. But uh, Pearl, I um, guess never mind. <laughs> I guess the rest you were not gonna <laughs> give compliments to Pearl it's too <laughs> too like, soon. Yeah, they would be fake. I'm not gonna lie. At least I'm a real person. Mm. They would all be fake yeah. compliments. I don't like any of those. You can say like Pearl, size, um, you know, Paige. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Christine said that you have uh, a lot of confidence and heart, <laughs> so maybe. Well, that doesn't even make sense because she hashtags no heart all the time and says that I'm not confident. I'm stupid, so it's just kind of confusing. But I, well, I'll say we have know, it on the record. It's gonna her. happen. It's gonna come out. Well, yeah, but I guess you know, like I said, she has the most experience. I think she, mm-hmm. you know, she has way more experience than any other fighter. So. All right. Well, let's move on from this question. Yeah. Um, Frank Marlon Vera, you're getting blocked after this. <laughs> uh, Adela Borghetti, when is the last time you felt super overwhelmed and what do you usually do when that happens? When is the last time I felt super overwhelmed? And what do you usually do when that happens? Um, dang, I guess... Uh... I do. I I do feel overwhelmed a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely do. Like even even today, for example. But I guess it's just like taking a deep breath and getting it done, and just like, you know, um, you know, better late than never, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so finding like just a way to be positive or positive spin on something, um, or like just making like one small step. So like, there's a lot of times like even being like when we were like super sick, for example, and we're like still need to train. It's like, Hey, you're doing the best you can do at the time. And I think, um, once you realize that it's easier to be like less overwhelmed and kind of mm. just, you know, start one step at a time. If you put too much pressure on yourself, like a lot of it is unnecessary extra pressure and you won't live up to that. And then you start right. blaming yourself and thinking you're a failure like <laughs> in the extreme sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm big on the mental health thing too, so I like that question. Uh, Samuel the God 90, uh, name one thing in fighting and one personal thing that you learned from your husband, Joey. I guess we went over the personal thing, but like, what about, if you want to answer them both, you can. Oh, yeah. Well, Joey's been really um, crucial. He's really worked with me with the clinch work that's been really amazing and like really clicks with me. So that like physically you know, has really helped is the way he teaches how to do clinches and stuff is Mm. awesome. And then mentally, he's probably like the best person that you can learn from mentally out of any person I've ever met, because he like is never too big or proud to like, do something to make himself better. Like he's always learning, like he has a mental coach that he talks to, um, like once a week, I think that's pretty um, impressive. I would, you know, personally never really do that. But the fact that he does is like, mm-hmm. wow, maybe I, sh- maybe I should do that, you know, because it's well, so easy for us to think industry. that we have control of our lives, but he, oh, and he does have control of his life, but he's still, mm-hmm. you know, every week checks in. He's very big about like writing his goals down and writing okay. stuff. And, um, he's just really motivational. So really, I mean, like you said earlier, fighting is 80% mental. And uh, I really feel like Joey's success has been because of his mental power is um, definitely underestimated on how uh, his willpower is like so great, man. 
And like I assume he's just been through this in the, in the industry and the business side of things of this industry. He's also been through the meat grinder of it all. And it's like he now has all this experience that maybe he can relay onto you, uh, not just fighting wise, like maybe on like maybe mistakes he thinks he made business wise or things you could you have to pay attention for because it's a dark, shitty industry. Like, you know, and we're trying to help fighters out, too, in this. But it's tough. Yeah, we definitely yeah. share a lot of our stories. So it'll be crazy because I tell them a lot of stories like how boxing works and like boxing politics. It seems that I, crazy enough that it might be a little bit different than MMA politics, which I thought mm -hmm. they would be kind of the same, but apparently they're not. So we'll share like horror stories that way. But we do have like, you know, he has definitely his advice and take on like sponsors and managers and, you yeah, know, the fight like game in general. Yeah. We talk to a lot of fighters all the time that get screwed over and like they have their coaches be their managers and then they demand a certain payment. Nobody else is allowed to bring them uh, sponsors and they're not bringing in enough sponsors. You know that like it's like a hostage situation a lot of the time. Like anyway, there's oh, a lot of those stories. <laughs> uh, last one. Is it the last one? Okay. Andre DeSanctis, what are you actively doing to grow your fan base? What are your thoughts on girls that get a big promotional push because they're famous on OnlyFans? <laughs> Oh man. Um, so what do I try to be like, honestly, it sounds super silly and cliche, but I just, to me, you know, I think a lot yeah. of people, yeah. um, can appreciate somebody who's like, you know, real and like, not saying that people that are like, you know, fake that they're, you know, that's just them and their thing. And like, if maybe they're trying to mask like an insecurity, but I think like when you're really you and, and put that out there every day, I feel like it actually is kind of rewarding because the people that really like you and want to be around you are like genuine. Like when it was like, Joey just said that to like, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. And even though they're the same, I feel like that's the difference between me and like yeah. these girls on OnlyFans. Like, not that there's anything wrong with it per se, because, you know, that's how they make their money and do what they want. Then that's great. But yeah. I'm still thinking I want to be this is what my thing is, is like being a female. I've always felt like I want to be an equal. I want the same pay as men. I want the same TV time as men. Like I told you before my, you know, career in sports, like women just don't get recognition period in sports. And I feel like a lot of the reasons why is because they're like, like almost like sexualized or it's like a woman can't, isn't as strong as a man, mm -hmm. which isn't true. But when you're out there, um, you know, in lingerie and on OnlyFans charging guys to look at your naked pictures, like how much respect can you really demand from them? And like how mm. much how much of a leg do you have to stand on if you want equal pay? Because you're making it in a, like I said, not a wrong, but like a totally different, like someone who works for Playboy and is a Playboy, like, like a Playboy model, like that's awesome. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. You know, Jennifer Aniston is an actress. Like that's what she's supposed to do. But we're fighters. So I feel like, you know, trying to promote myself is like, like going to gyms and, and doing boxing clinics, working with kids, um, trying like supplements. And that's mm -hmm. why you see me like, I'm really big, like with healthy one and like, um, other, other like supplements, like nat fit and, um, NutraFit and like just things like that, like in the fitness industry, mm -hmm. I try to make myself relevant. And then also just being like, 
you know, I think something that makes me different from the other fighters is like, I haven't been silver spoon fed. I've been rock bottom. I've been really low. I didn't mm-hmm. have money or a team to put, put behind me to build my record or to build me up. And, and because of that, it really made me who I am. But, you know, you hear those things like, oh, once you reach the top change or people get a little money and they start yeah. being like, you know, but mm-hmm. that's, obviously not the case with me like I'm if you would have talked to me four years ago I'm relatively the same you know I'm pretty much the same person as far (laughs) as like silly outgoing you know I like sports it's just really in my my personal like away time away from everyone that's really changed but as far as being like public and how I work and present myself it's always been the same and um yeah so I think for me is just going out there showing that you're a real yeah. person that I worked hard. I didn't do anything to take a shortcut. I didn't, you know, have to sell my body. I didn't have to Engaging do this, with the which audience. like I said, it, it is what it is. If that's what people are into, but I didn't have yeah. to do that. So because I didn't have to do that, that means <laughs> a lot of other people don't have to do it. So like, I mean, mm-hmm. the same thing, like, with my, you know, and you hear some people, they'll be like, oh, we see you online with bathing suit pictures. And I'm like, all right, check this out. Check this out. This is like the biggest thing. Like people know what the fuck they're doing. Okay. If mm-hmm. I was to show my Instagram to my kids or any kid for that fact, I honestly do not think that they would have a problem with it because I'm in a bathing suit on a beach with sand or you know, with Context my family or water yeah. park or volleyball mm-hmm. or whatever the case be. Or even if it's like, you know, a sport illustrated or a model shoot, like those are different. Those are cool. But when you're like in whips and chains or like, you know, X's over your titties, like that, maybe I wouldn't show to kids. I wouldn't show all my, on yeah. my things. So that that's kind of the difference with, you know, I'm, I'm definitely like, like empowering, bo- like women empowerment, but like to be like a boss and like a queen. And like, to me, that's like a different stand- set of standards in, in my opinion. And I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I do that. And I feel like, again, you know, I haven't bought any followers, you know, the following that I have is real. And again, it might not be a hundred thousand not be a whole lot but they're definitely quarters they're quarters and those people will follow me forever and like our true fans they're not pennies so big shout out to my fans because anyone who's on there and that I talk to they're definitely like so worthy and mean so much to me and I think that's why I got fighter of the year you know like 50 like I thought for sure Taylor would get it I mean she's three and oh and she's like that whole image and whatnot Mm. But it really goes to show that, you know, my fans are super loyal in the fact that they're fighting fans. How was it chosen? You know, how was it picked? Was it a fan vote? Yeah, it was a fan vote. It was on like YouTube, okay. on the YouTube channel. Yeah, that's nice, 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 nice. I think because a lot of the people that also aren't following you, maybe that went to vote are like, oh, yeah, she's there and she deserves it, you know? Right. And it was like, really, I really didn't. You know what? It's funny. I didn't even vote. I didn't even vote for myself. Swear to God. (laughs) Didn't vote. And I was like, I really didn't even push it because I was like, eh, I don't even want to get my hopes up and put effort into this. It is what it is. But you got to think like I only had like 40,000 followers. Rachel has like 200,000. Taylor has like 70,000. Christine has 60,000. So out of all the fighters, I have the lowest amount of followers, but I still got 56% of the votes. So it just shows, you know, 
like the quality, like you got to look at the quality of what that is instead of people that are just tuning in to see you naked. I think if you have like 46,000 followers, they're mostly uh, fight fans. And for the rest, it's all like trickled down. Like uh, Rachel, I'm sure like there's a lot of OnlyFans people. There's a lot of MMA people that don't watch BKFC. And there's a lot of that sprinkled in. But for you, it's like pure. You hit the niche maybe of like, you know, they're they're here for this, for the for the bare knuckle fighting. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. And this is a whole discussion we can have. And that's a whole other podcast. But, you know, to me, it comes down to the more viewers you get, the more asses and seats you put, the more you get paid. And that's what I like about MMA. As opposed to, and we're trying to help women's boxing a lot this year, because I think this is the year for it, and I want it to get to the level at least where M- uh, women's MMA is at. Where like, I don't care if there's a, a male fight or a top level female fight, we all tune in, because and and they get paid according to how many people are tuning in. So that's how it should. Yeah, be. I I totally agree with that. I wish that was the case because there's some awesome yeah. women out there, like you know Alicia Baumgartner just won her title mm, overseas. To get her on. We're gonna get her on the show too. Yeah, she's all, yep. I actually, yeah, <laughs> I was her I pro de- debut, so I fought her once before, too, in my boxing. She's, wow, she, this is like, I hadn't seen, like, her style I hadn't seen in the women yet. And I, I bet on her. I bet on her to win, and, and I made some money on her, <laughs> like, you know, because I'm oh, like, that's awesome. this style is tricky. Like, if she's a 41, she was, like, almost 41 underdog, like, I, I'll take my chances on that one. And she did. Yep. And I like the attitude. Like, there was that attitude, it was like, from the weigh-ins, I'm like, no, she she's not gonna be a pushover. Like, even if she's gonna, if she, even if she loses several rounds in the beginning, she's not gonna give up. And I I see Terry Harper faltering in the end. Like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm shouting out this one last. Uh, the fighting now. It's a page that's been also like supporting us lately, and they support all these uh, women's fighters. Always put on like women's fighters, and I promise to have them have a, give you a question too. Uh, how prepared are you for this huge fight? So I am really prepared. I actually, crazy enough, I went out to Puerto Rico to help um, Elvin with his upcoming bare knuckle fight in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. So I actually found out that I was fighting Christine while I was over there. So I didn't really know until I was out there. So like we were running mountains every day, sprints, elevation. We were training really hard just because of his fight camp. So that was like my awesome base um, suit. I mean, we were working out like two, three times a day, five days a week. And even our active recovery was like swimming in the ocean and, and stuff like that. So that just really put me like, like catapulted me ahead in my, in my cardio. Um, and now I've been, uh, today's Friday. So this is my full week of training here in Miami. And then I actually fly out to California tomorrow. So that's going to start like the segment of like my fight camp with my coach Hoss out there. And so, yeah, I'm like, I feel super, I feel more prepared than ever. I feel like, you know, running, it was super cool running those mountains. Mm -hmm. I did really good. And then when I came here to pick it back up, it was like a breeze. Like, so running is super easy for me. The workouts are getting easy. I feel like my core is in better and better condition than it's ever been at. And I still don't even truly feel like my fight camp has started. Like I said, I feel like it starts right. tomorrow being yeah. in California and it's four weeks away. So it's right now the four week countdown um, skill wise, you know, I feel like I'm seeing things a lot more. I'm defensively more sound and um, yeah, some other little 
tricks up my sleeve that I can't share, but I, I'm feeling really, really good. And just to know, like I keep thinking in my head is like, I take fights on two weeks, three weeks notice all the time. So just like the fact that I had like the three weeks ahead of time already in Port, I spent three weeks in Puerto Rico, one week here. So that's four weeks already in the books, yeah. already training every damn day, hard as shit. Now I'm going out to California tomorrow for four more weeks. Like, and out there we got the sand hill and yeah. we have like all these other sprints and beach runs. And um, my coach is definitely an elite boxing t- trainer. So and there's a UFC girl out there that's going to be my sparring partner. And so, yeah, I'm really excited. I think I'm super prepared. I'm, you know, I'm healthy, wealthy, want this. I have all the missing pieces. My relationship, my husband is amazing. My kids are healthy. I I have the best friends in the world. I have the best fans in the world. I'm super, I just don't even know how I could be more prepared. Right. Well, guys, this goes down February 19th, Knucklemania 2. You can subscribe on the Bare Knuckle FC app uh, or website. You can get the... Uh, it's not a pay-per-view it's like a subscription and uh it's very cheap i think it's uh five dollars is it to get everything the pay-per-views as well it's like two dollars a month for like uh, the the regular fight nights and then five dollars uh, you get the pay-per-views as well so guys it's definitely worth it night full of action this card is stacked and this title fight you don't want to miss because it's the first 125 pound title in bkfc history and i wish you luck i wish uh, both of you luck and uh I just don't want anyone to lose, but someone will, and it'll, it's gonna be like, it's gonna be a banger. Yeah, I think a lot of people are predicting it to be the best fight that BKFC. I, I feel like it. I almost wish that we were main event, really, because I think it's you should be a man. I told worse. you this is yeah, surprised me. Yeah, but I mean, I think it will. It definitely has the potential to be one of the best fights. But I'm actually really hoping it's a super easy fight. So. We shall see, but I do see that fans anticipate it to be the the biggest banger they've had yet. They do, and media does. I talk, we talk amongst each other, and everybody agrees with you there. I can tell you. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Britain. It was great to have you, and we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you yes. so much for staying in touch with me and getting this interview done. I hope you have the best weekend, and I cannot wait for February nineteenth. <laughs>